What do we do? A podcast discussing wealth management and financial planning, and also introducing listeners to the leaders in our community. Hosted by the founder and CEO of Great Lakes Wealth, Dewey Steffen, alongside radio personality, Kyle Bogie. Hi, I'm Dewey Steffen. Our goal with the What Do We Do podcast is to educate listeners on topics that impact your financial growth, your retirement, and your lifestyle. Join us twice a month as we welcome some of today's leaders in the community, plus experts in finance and retirement, to inform listeners on the topics that impact us all. These conversations can help you make better decisions so you can plan for and live your best life. Here's Dewey Steffen alongside Kyle Bogey. Episode 40 of the What Do We Do podcast. Bogey and Dewey here. And once again, now for the one, two, three, four, fifth time, I believe, we have uh, a guest here uh, on the What Do We Do podcast. First of all, do how you doing? Kyle, it's great to see you. <laughs> podcast listeners, great to talk to you. Video viewers, great to see you. Uh, Sully, thanks for being here. Kyle, uh, these episodes are becoming my favorites. <laughs> um, I'm sick of hearing myself speak, and I think you're sick of it, too. I hate listening to myself. You know, yes. I just meant me, my friend. <laughs> I just meant me. But with that, we are so honored to have a guest today who, you know, is just a, a man amongst men. Um, I've been blessed to call him a friend for, I don't know, I'm going to say 10 plus years now, and to just uh, be able to communicate uh, with this individual uh, and talk to him, learn from him. He's uh, just a few years younger than me, but he has uh, wisdom beyond his years, I'm going to tell you. And with that, I would like to formally introduce Lauren James to the show today. Lauren uh, is a graduate of Arizona State University. He worked with the Arizona Diamondbacks baseball team as the the community affairs coordinator before deciding to move back to Detroit and learn the family business. This family business is James Group International. Renaissance Global Logistics is a subsidiary of JGI and it runs the global consolidation export operation for Ford Motor Company, which ships to 16 countries across the world. RGL also multi-model capabilities and handles other logistics services for General Motors in customer care and after sales. Now, I'm not done. Five Crowns <laughs> Trucking, another subsidiary, specializes in just-in-time shuttling between its customers, sequencing centers, and two FCA Chrysler manufacturing plants. Also, Magnolia Automotive Services is a joint venture between James Group and Toyota uh, Susho America. They run the tire and wheel assembly operations for the Toyota Corolla in, I'm going to guess that's uh, Mississippi, and two crossover vehicles for Toyota Mazda in Huntsville, Alabama. Today, Lauren James serves as CEO of James Group International, encapsulating all three entities. In addition to this fantastic career, Lauren also currently serves on the Detroit Athletic Club's Board of Directors. He also serves on the Children's Foundation Board of Directors. And he is also part owner of the Grand Rapids Drive basketball team. 
without any further ado, I want to say welcome, Lauren, to the show. I'm proud to call you a friend, and I'm happy that you're here. Dewey, thanks so much for having me today. I know you could have had a lot of guests uh, today and any other day, so I'm definitely honored to be here with, with you both. Thank you. Well, now, ba based on that introduction, how do you even have time to be here? I mean, my, my goodness, it seems like you are just busy as can be. Well, you know, it's uh, something that I've had a passion for, just to be involved in the, in the community. And, um, you know, my father started the business back in uh, 1971. And in order to kind of, um, you know, keep it up, I wanted to, to meet individuals who I could, uh, you know, help, uh, you know, mold me and, and sharpen me. And it's been a really good experience the past uh, almost 15 years being back home. We were talking before the uh, podcast uh, recording, and you said that this is a very special year for your family, for the company, and if you could share kind of you know what you said and what, what is happening this year with James Group International and the family, of course. Well, this year is a pretty big year for us. Uh, you know, first and foremost, everyone in the family is uh, so healthy uh, amidst everything that's been going on the past year, so I'm very thankful for that. Um, but this year, we're celebrating 50 years in business. Father started uh, this company as a trucking company in 1971. Uh, my brother, John, is turning 40, and uh, my father's turning 80. So we have a, a couple of milestones this year that we will be celebrating. Now, how will you celebrate those? I'm assuming um, the way that uh, the James family does things. Um, I know that you're very much, from what I see in social media, very much caretakers to your employees. You think they are part of your family as well. So I'm assuming there'll be some celebrations there at uh, James Group headquarters, but also uh, for your father's 80th birthday. I'm going to imagine you're going to do a little something special for him as well. Absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, our, our staff, you know, they're the most important part of, of our operation. We can't do anything. And, and we're nothing without them. I believe we have some of the, the greatest employees in the state of Michigan, some of which have been in our organization for over 20, 25 years, um, which is, you know, hard to say in, the, in, in our industry. Um, so we'll definitely do something special for them. And then in September for my father's 80th, um, you know, uh, I'll personally want to do something big, but my father's a country boy from Mississippi. I think all he'll want to do is sit by a fire, have a cigar and hang out with his grandkids. So <laughs> if I can uh, make that happen for him, I think that'll be a success. Right on. I think when you're uh, 80, you get, to, you get to choose how you party. Is Absolutely. that about right? right? Absolutely. And I've had the pleasure of meeting your father. Uh, Mr. James is an amazing man. And uh, I think that's a great segue into if you could talk about maybe how the company was started, you know, and then also really kind of how you got involved. Um, I know you didn't start as CEO. So maybe you could talk about, uh, you know, your road to where you are now. And, uh, you know, it's important for everyone listening out there because uh, this is an inspirational story, right? Um, I uh, what your father started and to where it is now is nothing m less than amazing. Um, hard work, right? Which I know, but also now with the second generation, uh, your brother is also involved. But with you there, you know, where it is now is not the end, right? We always say here, we're just getting started. I'm sure uh, James Group International is uh, just getting started, if you will. So if you can talk about maybe the origin and uh, walk us through, you know, to, to present day, that'd be awesome. Sure. No, I'm, I'm honored to. You know, my father's the middle of nine kids in rural Mississippi. Um, you know, he grew up uh, uh, in Starkville next, next to Mississippi State University and, you know, wasn't allowed to go there when he graduated from high school. Um, so he didn't really know what he wanted to be or what he wanted to do when he graduated. Um, so he went to Mississippi Valley State, uh, another famous uh, NFL receiver, Jerry Rice, also went there <laughs> a little bit after my father graduated, a lot of bit after my father graduated. And then after that, he decided to move up to Toledo, Ohio, um, where some of his family was. 
Um, he started a uh, trucking company with his uncle, my Calvin, uh, my great uncle Calvin Outlaw. Um, actually, starting off hauling Schlitz beer. From, that's a great um, name, yeah. Outlaw. Yeah. I, that's a great last name, oh, Outlaw. Yeah. Calvin Outlaw, Heck my, my yeah. great uncle Calvin Outlaw. <clears throat> and um, so he started off uh, hauling Schlitz beer from Detroit to uh, Milwaukee and coming back empty. Um, basically trying to fulfill all the routes that other truck drivers didn't want to do. And um, he actually um, wanted to gain operating authority to haul car parts for Ford Motor Company and actually had to end up taking the Interstate Commerce Commission, the ICC, to the Supreme Court multiple times to actually do that. And he actually won his case, which uh, got uh, then 1980 Jimmy Carter, the President Jimmy Carter, to sign the Motor Carriers Act to allow other people to play in that industry. So he is definitely a pioneer in that space. And you know, trucking turned into export, export turned into, um, you know, IT and industrial real estate and into what we're doing now. So um, when I moved back here from uh, Phoenix in 2006, uh, it's I kind of smirked when you said you weren't always CEO. Uh, you know, funny story, I walked into I, one of the biggest mistakes of my professional career, one of my first day in office. In the office, I walked into my my father's office and said, "Hey, Dad, where's where's my where's my office?" And as he took me by the back of the neck and walked downstairs, and he pointed at a pro, propane forklift. Okay. And he said, "This is your office." I said, "How long is this going to be my office?" He says, "Until I tell you to get off." <laughs> and I said, well, I, "Okay, then." So I, I uh, spent about eighteen months moving steel coils around, uh, doing dispatch. I drove the truck, did the footprints. I did uh, shipping and receiving. Um, I was a, a marketing manager, uh, supp- um, you know, supply chain management manager, uh, sales, business development, um, operations, um, you know. And, and then after that, after I knew our business, I, he kind of threw me out to the wolves in the community, going to all the trade show fairs, telling other people who we were, um, and just trying to get our name out there. So if anyone asks me what my job description is now, I say that you know my job is to keep our company relevant in the business philanthropic. And bureaucratic community, and uh, you know it's been it's been quite the journey uh, transitioning the business uh, from him. Uh, my brother and I did buy him out about a year and a half ago, um, so it's been interesting, kind of carrying that on, and um, you know we, we've kept it going, and uh, that's kind of the, the short version of, <laughs> of how that's gone. But it's definitely been a very interesting and rewarding journey. How has it been? Um in the last year and working with your brother, right? A uh, family, how does that dynamic work within the office? And then are there any other family members that are involved? And I got to imagine it, even though your father has been bought out, if you will, I have to imagine, you know, that he uh, is somehow involved and uh, does he, you know, want to come in and you tell him to stay home or does he have, you know, some kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, some uh, honorable position? What, uh, what kind of, how does, how does the dynamic work? Well, you know, John and I uh, are like yin and yang. We have two pretty different personalities, um, and but we work really well together. I love going to meetings with him because we can approach things from different angles. Um, you know, John ran a political campaign too um, over the past three and a half years. He came up short uh, in both of them, but coming from where he was, having no name recognition, um, and, and running the platform that he did, we're extremely proud of what he was able to uh, accomplish. Uh, all the while giving back to the community while running his campaigns. Um, But it's great working with him and having him back on board. Um, My sister, Carrie, actually runs our family foundation, um, and she's involved in the the philanthropic things and how we give back. Um, My dad, um, you know, likes to be involved. You know, the company's his firstborn child, you know, well before my brother, even 10 years older than my brother. 
And, um, you know, although he's technically not involved in the day to day, he still does like to come in and, you know, keep his thumb firmly pressed on the top of our heads whenever he can. And, you know, uh, we certainly like to indulge him and ask for his advice still. And, and, and he still likes to be involved. Um, you know, the, the eras are a little bit different, you know, with our parents, you know, he's over 40 years older than we are. And, you know, I feel like he has to keep himself busy. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, we, we like to go on vacation to relax. He likes to go to his home in Mississippi to work, to be on his tractor, cut grass, work on his cars. Uh, you know, it's just a different mentality. So I've been trying my best to, uh, understand, you know, what he relates to the most and make him feel, um, as comfortable as possible knowing that, you know, um, though he turned it over, um, he still has the confidence in us to ask us whatever he needs and help him stay connected to what we have going on. Um, you know, some, some days I, I, I run out of the building wanting to, you know, tear my hair out and screaming, but, uh, you know, I know at the end of the day, it's a very unique experience to work with my father and, you know, we definitely have a lot of great memories. Well, and it's uh, an opportunity if you ever have uh, an issue in the office in the day, I guess you could get them on the phone and say, hey, dad, uh, who is this person and where did this contract come from from uh, 15 years ago? Maybe at least you could use him as a uh, the Rolodex or whatever the case is from the past, right? No, he's a great resource. resource I mean, you yeah. know, he's, he's been on just about every board. I mean, he's he helped create a lot of them. He was one of the first people amongst the, uh, the MMSDC, which was the then MMBDC board. Um, you know, working with different uh, diverse suppliers in the area, um, very involved with the Coleman A. Young Foundation, Boys and Girls Club of Southeast Michigan. Um, and we try and actually continue, um, you know, working with those boards along with our own initiatives around the city. So, um, you know, we want to make sure that we carry on and maintain his legacy, you know, while he's here. You know, you know, a lot of times people wait until people are gone and, and, and out of our lives to to honor them and, 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 and to fulfill some of their um, things that they that they you know um, supported, but you know we're trying to do as much as we can to honor him. You know, and and I think you know and hope he'll be here for another eighty years. Absolutely. For you specifically, how how important and, and I guess you know how prideful are you in the fact that you know you didn't just come back from Phoenix and bam, you're CEO. You know, you didn't just vault to the top. You know, because you know your dad ended up you know building this entire thing. You you did have to put in the time and do jobs maybe that you didn't want to do. But I, I do feel like working your way up the ladder is is so important. You can learn so much. So I, I guess how much was that? How much has that impacted? You know how you operate the business and how you know you mentioned employees are so important and, and that's really the lifeblood of the entire company. But how much did that shape and change kind of how you operate everything because you had to go through all that? I think one of the most important things about doing that was, you know, earning the respect of the other staff that was there. I had had other summer internships out on the floor, you know, um, in shipping and receiving or the hoist line or not conforming area, you know, uh, of the conveyor lines, market area. Um, and then when I came in and they saw me, you know, I was there at 8 a.m. every day and I didn't leave until 5. You know, there was the time when you know, you actually had to punch a clock. And if it said 801, then you got docked pay. If it said 458, you got docked pay. So, you know, um, you know, earning everyone's respect there and, and seeing, you know, and right now, you know, I'm 38, but I think other than maybe one other person um, there, I think I'm probably have the most seniority there right now out, out of everyone. So, um, you know, I think people know um, what I can bring to the organization through my relationships outside of the company. Um, the experiences that I, I've learned, the people that I've met to kind of enhance things have helped me actually create other entities within our, our, our corporation. And um, I, I don't think it's uh, a very good practice for, um, you know, any young person to just go straight to this leading role. 
Um, I I think this kind of toxic, toxic, actually, you know, I've learned so much from, from where I was and, and, and no one can pull the wool over my eyes either. If someone says they can't get something done or something's not working, I'll just look at them and say, I don't think so. You know, I've been there because I've done that (laughs) before and and you can. Now my job is to make sure and empower everyone that they can do their jobs as efficiently and as, as, as effectively as possible. Um, and, uh, but you know, I don't ever want anyone to have an excuse of why they can't do something, but it, it's been a great experience, and I wouldn't have had it any other way. Well, according to Black Enterprises, in uh, 2019, James Group International was ranked 30th out of 100 of the top black-owned businesses. Have you heard this? Uh, I have. Okay, good. Just want to make sure that we're uh, <laughs> fact-checked, right? And it's uh, it's uh, absolutely fantastic. But where are you going from here? Okay, and also maybe just how did you have to uh, manage through COVID in the last 12 months? Any changes? And then where do you see, you know, going forward, either from your company or just, you know, from industry in general going forward? Well, you know, we try not to harp on different rankings and designations and, you know, uh, publications, although we're honored to be a part of those things. We, we certainly don't, you know, rest on those types of things. We can always get better. Um, you know, John and I are trying to turn our family company into, um, you know, something a little bit larger, getting out of uh, non, uh, getting out of the automotive industry, you know, diversifying, staying in the automotive industry while diversifying, excuse me. Um, to all my customers out there. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, we're trying to get into um, working in and outside of the state, um, you know, and doing as much as we can from expanding our real estate footprint to getting into other industries. And, and we have a couple of other projects uh, going on right now that I don't want to jinx. Maybe I can come on later and tell you uh, once they've uh, come into fruition. Um, but this past year with COVID, um, I think it was, I don't think there's one company that COVID did not affect. I mean, from a professional, from a personal standpoint, um, it hit all of us pretty hard. Um, But in December, it actually turned out that we hit our numbers. Um, The hard thing with us is that we work with Ford General Motors and FCA in Michigan. We work with Toyota and Mazda in Alabama, Toyota in Mississippi. So each OEM had their own restrictions and regulations on which plants were shutting down and where. And then the states had their different rules and regulations. Kentucky was very different than Michigan. Michigan was very different than Mississippi, Alabama. Down south was a little bit more slow with when they implemented things, but then their surges happened much later. So we had some hiring issues down south, um, you know, um, you know, there with training and and, and keeping people on board and then being exposed to certain people with COVID. Um, But we hitting our numbers uh, with the numbers going down and spiking back up was a blessing. I think a part of that was that we um, I always want to make sure that we kept our staff and employees safe, that they felt safe when they came into our office. But more importantly, they felt safe going back home to their families. Uh, that is my number one. Even even people think I'm crazy for saying this, and I've said this on panels in front of my customers. I said even before making money, or even fulfilling my customers' duties, is keeping our staff safe. That is the number one thing is my job that that I always want to make sure that I maintain. Um, so uh, when everything happened it, through John's uh, campaign, when we were down, we actually helped uh, ship out um, water and food and PPE and things in the Detroit community. Um, to kind of keep things going. Um, and we learned an awful lot uh, the past uh, 18 months. Um, you know, I've learned that there's a big difference between coming into the office 40 hours a week and working 40 hours a week. Uh, we were just as efficient um, with people being, um, you know, remote than they were in the office. And we're giving our staff the option to either come in or stay home, whatever they're comfortable with. But 
so far, um, you know, everything is still intact. Um, the, automo the automotive industry is rebounding, and we're seeing some uh, pretty positive gains so far. Have you seen any issues with, you know, these computer chip shortages? Uh, does that affect either any of your business lines or just I know from the uh, OEMs, you know, they're having problems getting, you know, the complete units uh, put together? Hasn't affected us directly. Um, we deal with uh, production parts, uh, you know, which we export overseas for Ford. Um, the customer care and after sales division is all aftermarket. So we'll receive slightly damaged material that we can identify what's salvageable and what's not, whatever it is we send to body shops to be used as spare parts. And then the supply risk uh, organization is we can actually um, assume material from suppliers going under and uh, metered out for GM with no lost time. Then you have the tire and wheel assembly for Toyota and Mazda. So there's different TPMS and, and different uh, pieces of technology that we add to the tires and wheels as we mount them and ship them over and then to be added onto the vehicle. But um, luckily, that hasn't affected us uh, directly. Um, we do, however, answer the call whenever our customers uh, need our help. Um, to help other suppliers, even if it doesn't have a direct, um, you know, positive effect on us. Um, we believe that we're a part of the Ford, GM, Toyota family, and, and we try and operate as, as, as one supplier base. Um, but we'll, we're continuing to kind of go on with what the industry and the economy gives us. Awesome. You mentioned Detroit and, and helping out and doing as much as you could for the community, you know, over this past year, obviously everyone kind of needed to lend a hand and, you know, do what they could just for all of us to basically get through, you know, everything that was going on. So I guess for you and your family and, you know, the company and all the endeavors that you guys have, how important is it, you know, to have a presence in this area and, and try to help and do as many things, philanthropic things uh, as humanly possible? You know, the origin of Renaissance Club Logistics on Fort and Clark is actually uh, started um, as a Renaissance zone. We built that building with Ford Land um, in an area that was underemployed and underutilized to actually employ folks from that surrounding community. And back when that building was built in 98, we still have some of the same employees that never left. And some of them that have had multiple years of perfect attendance. I'll say that one more time. Multiple years <laughs> of perfect attendance which is something that you don't see because unheard of. it's unheard of these days, you know, and, and they're dedicated to what even we're doing. Even when you're working from home and you don't I tell have you, to Even when you're working from you home, still don't you have still can't have perfect attendance, you know. But I tell you what, the, the people in the surrounding community um, care about, you know, uh, what we did. And we were kind of first movers in that southwest Detroit area. It wasn't the most desirable place to be at the time. But now you see Ford Motor Company and their mobility, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, I guess sections coming into Corktown with the train station mm -hmm. and the whole big campus that they're building. Um, but, you know, it matters a lot to us to kind of, you know, reach back into the community to, you know, uplift folks that are graduating and say, hey, there are other options for you to do, whether it's on the direct or indirect side. Um, again, you know, I'm a, being a part of the Children's Foundation. I've been a part of others, the United, the United Way Cabinet. Um, you know, my brother was a part of Read to a Child. Um, you know, we're only as good as our people. A city is only as good as its people. And if you're not being a corporate citizen and, and making your surrounding area better, then, you know, um, I think there's a lot more to just, uh, you know, having a business and community and, and making money and turning around and spending it in other places. You know, we one thing our father always taught us is to put that back into the community and, and, and hire people that reflect the surrounding community, be as diverse as you possibly can. And, and, and that has uh, ended up working for us. Hey guys, it's Bogey. I want to take a second to talk to you about Dewey Stefan and his excellent team at Great Lakes Wealth. Look, do you feel overwhelmed with managing your assets in today's financial world? I mean, think about the times we're in. 
Do you want financial freedom instead? Great Lakes Wealth offers Wall Street solutions with Main Street values. They sit down with you to develop custom financial solutions utilizing all of your assets, even your 401k. They build the future you want based on your goals and your dreams. That's what Great Lakes Wealth is all about. Thinking about you, thinking about your family, and thinking about your future. Simply go to greatlakeswealth.us to schedule an appointment today. They offer better investments and better service than anyone out there. Your road to financial freedom starts at greatlakeswealth.us. Please visit greatlakeswealth.us or simply give Great Lakes Wealth a call today. Well, I know that you're a huge ambassador for the city of Detroit, you and your family, right? But it sounds like with your companies that are outside of maybe uh, the Metro Detroit market, can you speak to what you do see in the city of Detroit and uh, you know some of the trends there, but also maybe to any of the other markets that you're in, whether that's from the philanthropic perspective or just what you see you know, as a business leader in these different parts of America? It's been great uh, to spend more time in, um, I'll just use Huntsville, Alabama, for an example. Uh, the growth that's happening in Huntsville is unbelievable. Um, the uh, Mazda Toyota JV, it's called MTMUS, Mazda Toyota uh, Manufacturing United States, is now the largest manufacturing automotive plant in the United States, surpassing Smyrna for Nissan. Um, the amount of training and uh, resources that they have for their staff there is is phenomenal. Um, and you're seeing uh, a lot of growth uh, at a fast pace in the southern states, South Carolina, North Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Tennessee, you know, Spring Hill, um, you know, even Tupelo, where our uh, TMMS is for the, uh, the Corolla. Um, you're seeing a lot of positive growth out that way. Um, there's, and it be, to be completely transparent with you, I don't know if I'll get in trouble, there's not as, as many politics uh, on the automotive side um, as there are here in Detroit. I'll just leave it at that. Um, and it kind of allows them to do a few more things than we can do up here. But you know what? We're doing just fine up here. And, you know, I can certainly respect, um, you know, the folks that came before me. And, you know, I acknowledge that I, I probably don't know everything, um, but I've, I've learned a, a quite a bit over the past 14, 15 years about how things work. Uh, but from a philanthropic level, um, you know, folks in Mississippi and Alabama and uh, Louisville, where our crosstalk is, uh, they're very involved in the community. You know, I get emails every day as far as, you know, hey, can we support this initiative, you know, um, it, just outside of Louisville. And although I don't really know anything about it, if they care enough to email me to say, hey, can we contribute to this Toys for Tots or for this fire stations initiative, the answer is always yes. 100, there's, there's never been a time where someone said, can you give to this initiative where I've said no. And uh, it just speaks to the, the, the staff that we have and our partnership with Toyota Two Show and um, you know we're just really 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 blessed to be a part of a, a healthy um, you know philanthropic community. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, what about as it relates to your family foundation? I don't know if there's anything you want to speak about with that and uh, what uh, initiatives you have there. It's really it's relatively new. Uh, my sister Carrie has kind of taken the lead on that. She, you know, she's uh, definitely a lot smarter than than, than me. John and Carrie got better grades, and they're a lot smarter than I am. So I kind of leave it to them to to the more difficult things. But we focus on um, veteran issues, mental health, um, as well as uh, education. So those are our three pillars that we focus on, um, which are very near and dear to our hearts. Um, and we're looking to give to organizations who need a, a leg up in that in that field. A lot of times organizations are, are um, asked to donate to a lot of different causes. So, you know, we set up our own foundation to kind of 
hone all those things in and to actually be a little bit more intentional about how we give. So, um, it, again, it's still really new. Um, Carrie's doing a phenomenal job of kind of uh, leading us and kind of, you know, directing us to where we need to go for our giving initiatives. And, and hopefully the, that'll continue to, to mature over the years. Well, you and your family are to be commended for your efforts. And if it's just getting started, as we like to say, we know that there's going to be big things ahead. So um, that's fantastic. How about we switch gears now? Sure, sure. And, um, you know, this is a finance and wealth management and financial planning and all things investment related podcast, right? So as Sully likes to always talk about, you can't have just one stream of income, not two, not three, but if you're just the average millionaire, you have seven streams of income. And as Sully also says, he doesn't want to be average. He wants to be extra average, right? <laughs> Extraordinary is what he says sometimes. So he wants 11, 12, 13 streams of income. So um, I know that you recently invested into the G League basketball team, right? So I'm assuming that was an investment that you hope will bear some fruit and maybe as another stream of income. So either if you want to talk about that specifically, fantastic, or just any other things that you're investing in or things that you're doing, again, philanthropically, that's an investment that gives priceless returns, right? But anything that you're doing um, from an investment perspective to have different um, silos or different streams of income, if you would. Well, you know, I have to start off by saying that every investment that I went, that I gone after didn't wasn't successful. You know, some <laughs> I've had some winners, I've had some... I'll just say not winners, um, but they've all been great experiences. Um, we do have uh, a couple uh, streams coming in, and um, you know I invested in the in the drive. Um, you know we just call it Motors uh, Mile High uh, Basketball before we kind of unveil our, our our name and logo and our colors and all those things. With uh, Steve Jabbar and Ben Wallace have been great partners. Um, you know I'm a basketball fan, so I invested because I just enjoy the game. Um, and if we, you know, make a little money along the way, great, but that's not why I was in it. So, you know, as a kid, um, you know, the two things I always wanted to be when I grew up was a professional basketball player and the ninja. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I can, I can shoot a little bit, but, uh, my ninja skills are, are kind of lacking a little bit, but, uh, no, I, uh, I'm invested in a couple of other things. Um, I, I just didn't, uh, am involved with a, a SPAC out of New York, uh, called bet on America, which has been a great experience. Uh, my first public board that I've ever been on, invested in that. Um, another thing is uh, Freight Verify, which gives our customers real-time visibility of where their material is in the supply chain. And we're working with um, you know, Cisco, Ford, um, the uh, professor for supply chain management at uh, MIT, Dr. Yossi Sheffi, is a partner of ours. Uh, Lauren Darnell, who created 3PL Logistics, had a company called Logicorp in which he sold, which operates as uh, Rider Logistics. Um, he's on our board. Uh, Dave McGuffey, who is the ex-president of Covacent, um, you know, is, is on our board. And uh, we're looking to kind of um, give this technology to whichever cu uh, uh, customers uh, need that type of tracking and tracing. Um, so those are just a few things that we're invested in. I'm, I'm invested in a few other small things, trying to support my, whatever, you know, initiatives that my friends have. And my brother's invested in his things and, you know, uh, sister and mother. So, uh, some personal, some professional, but right now, to be honest with you, um, with, with our three customers, four customers, well, now five customers, um, you know, that, that keeps us pretty busy. And we're trying to hone in and do as much as we can uh, for them. And um, we've been a very conservative uh, company over the past uh, 50 years. Um, you know, we have a, a great relationship with our bank, a great credit line that we haven't used. We're, we're debt free. The building that we operate out of for Ford is fully paid for. Um, 
that's a good and a bad thing because that means that you know we're not growing at the at the rate that we could be if we take out debt with our bank and, and do some things. So my brother and I have been having conversations with you know some private equity firms to figure out how we can take it from a family firm into something a little bit larger. And um, you know it's uh, we're looking to kind of expand on a few things as uh, the years come. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you sharing all that. Yeah, that's, I haven't shared that with anyone, so, you know, it's... Uh, no, that, yeah. that's fascinating stuff, though, and I know we got to get to the DAC, and you're on the board of directors, and, you know, how you met Dewey, and if there's any stories, you know, at the DAC that you could share, potentially, well, that are Well, time to wrap up not. the show, the yeah. show. Yeah. Oh, look at time. But, oh, my gosh. Time's it, up. We got to go. There was that one time in Vegas. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, boy. It, it, before we get to that, now I really want to get to that. I don't even want to ask this anymore, but... It's fascinating because, you know, there's business, there's, you know, the philanthropy, you know, all the things that you guys are involved in. There's also family, you know, obviously that you guys are deeply connected. So I guess for you, how do you turn it off from time to time? You know, when you're around your family, you know, do you, I mean, I can speak for myself and, and my partner. We, we are talking business all, all day, every day, 24-7. You know, it does not matter if we're out at dinner, you know, if we're out, you know, wherever doing what, what we want. But um, is there a way for you to turn it off? Have you found that, I guess, that work-life balance? Because that seems to be, especially for business owners, a, a pretty difficult thing to do. It is, especially the family <laughs> dynamic. You know, people who say, you know, don't take it personally. I mean, obviously haven't been in a family business. It's hard <laughs> not to take a family business personally. Um, you know, Sunday for breakfast at my parents' house has always been a great time, a time where I've wanted to turn it off and hang out with my nephews. But, you know, like I said, you know, uh, you know, my, my father's release point uh, might be, you know, talking about work where I don't want to talk about work. <laughs> But if I want to stay at the house and, you know, be around him, then I just kind of get sucked in. And, you know, I feel like, you know, my, my, the way that my father wants to spend quality time with us is to get my brother and I in the same room at the same time, which is hard to do in itself because my brother has a family of his own. And then he'll kind of sit back and talk about, you know, you know, bring me up to speed on everything going on. I said, bring you up to speed with <laughs> everything going on, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, you know how long that would take. But, but I, you know, it's not just about us kind of reviewing and recapping. I think he just wants to sit back and look at his, you know, boys and talk about the business that he created. And although we're trying to get away from that, he's trying to jump into it. <laughs> And in the years past, there's been a little bit of rub uh, from, I won't speak for John, but I'll speak for myself since I've been in the business a little bit longer of, you know, I, I don't want to talk about this, but I've learned over the years that it's not about me. And if, you know, my 79-year-old father wants to pull me in and talk about business because he feels connected to it, then you know what? I, that's what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And it, it took a while for me to, you know, mature and just to, just, just to get over myself of, of, of ex exactly what I wanted to do and say, hey... Talk to your dad with what he wants to discuss and, 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 and go from there. You know, give him the comfort level that w what's going on is going well. There'll be times where he'll come into the parking lot and say, you know, hey, I don't, I don't see that many cars. And where is everybody? <laughs> well, you know, dad, well, this person's here, this person at this location and everyone, you know, no one quit today. You know, <laughs> every, the business is still running, but yeah. he's used to, especially with te without technology, he's used to seeing people there. He's used to, you know reaching out to touch something to see that something's there. And as his son, you know, now it's my turn to be as patient as he was with me when I was a child and to say, this is what's going on. This is the plan. This is what we're doing. Call me if you don't want to email me. 
tell me to come over this. Now it's my turn to make you feel comfortable. And that's been difficult um, because I haven't been able to kind of move at the pace that I wanted to at all times. But, you know, I, uh, uh, I, I would, uh, I know that I'm not going to have him around forever and I would rather have him around than any piece of business that I could ever earn. So I just kind of, you know, bite my lip and, and operate the way that he needs me to. I think that's a great answer. And I think that, uh, you know, um, he, when he hears this podcast, he will take a little sip of his coffee and uh, smile a little bit and appreciate uh, your point of view, right? Lauren, with that, we are at a spot in the show that instead of it always being, what do we do? Because everyone is kind of, you know, sick and tired of hearing what I do or what I would do. This is called What Lauren Do. And this is the part of the show where we ask you to tell us what you would tell the 18-year-old Lauren if, uh, if you had the opportunity to. And that could be about business. That could be about life. That could be about anything that you want. Yeah, that's a great question. And I thought about that one. And the answer might surprise you or disappoint you, but... Um... You know, I would tell 18-year-old Lauren not to take himself so seriously. I think when you're growing up in a business or you know, through school and figuring out what you want to do in college, you have this plan of, of where you see yourself and where you want to go and who you want to meet. And I would tell myself that if things don't go the way that you want them to go, it doesn't mean that it's over. It just means that you have to kind of reroute. You can keep trying to do what you were trying to do, but just certain things have changed. Um, you know, I was, um, a, a bit of a, I was in an interesting spot in, in high school. You know, I was a, I was a kind of a nerd, but I also played sports. You know, I wasn't as cool as the other kids were, but you know, I was, you know, one of the guys on the football team or whatever you want to call it and ended up playing in college, which was a great experience. But, um, you know, I was kind of in this no man's land of trying to figure out who I was and doing the things that my, my parents instilled in me and, you know, I, I didn't, you know, this sounds crazy and I'm not saying this to whatever, but I didn't really have my first drink until I was 21, 22. Like I just tried to do everything by the book and, you know, was just scared to death if I got caught with a beer in my hand by 18 that I would be arrested and gone to jail forever. And I would, you know, have <laughs> for anybody you know? <laughs> listening that's under 21, you will, you absolutely will. So yeah, you, you wait until you're uh, 19 yes. in Canada or absolutely. 21 in the yeah. U S of A. Thank you for that, uh, that message. Uh, yeah. I hope I didn't send out the wrong one, but, um, no, it's, uh, um, I would just tell, you know, myself not to take myself too seriously. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to, be yourself. Uh, you don't have to um, uh, be everything to everyone. Um, you don't have to appease everyone. That's the quickest way to failure is trying to, you know, please everyone because no matter what you do, someone's going to want something different from you. Um, when I moved back to Detroit, made this a little bit later than 18, but, you know, I, you know, when I moved into the city when Detroit wasn't such a popular place to be, and, you know, I wanted to be someone who could give recommendations of where to go to eat or where to go to, you know, do something. And I hated telling people no or that I didn't have an answer. And I think I kind of uh, burnt myself out by trying to be this uh, Detroit concierge type <laughs> of a person. Because, you know, if you came to Detroit, you kind of had to know where you were going, especially back in, you know, 2007, 8, and 9 when there wasn't as much to do as there, there is now. So I, I had a fear of disappointing people. Um, but you know, I, I feel like, uh, um, one of my first major experiences, um, with that was I got appointed to the Detroit Wayne County Port Authority by Mayor Duggan, and then he wanted me to be chairman. And I chaired that Port Authority for a couple of years. 
And then as things progressed with our business, I had to step down. So one of the most daunting things I had to do was, you know, call Mayor Duggan and say, uh, hello, sir. Um, you know, I want to let you know that I have enjoyed this, you know, my time on the Port Authority, but it's time for me to step down. And I was so afraid of what he might say. And he said, Lauren, thank you so much for your service. I understand. I appreciate your service. Let me know if you need anything else or if you can do anything else in the city. And I held the phone with my heart still beating fast. And I said, wow, that wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. And I feel that people have as much respect for you when you tell them no or, or when your time is valuable. It's okay. It's okay to reroute and to tell people no if your heart is in the right place. And I think 18-year-old Lauren didn't really understand that. A part of me still doesn't understand that. And um, I would maybe go a little bit easier on myself saying that it's not the end of the world that things don't go exactly the way that I wanted them to. Well, thank you very much for sharing. That is yeah. absolutely on point. Mm -hmm. uh, Kyle, I know from my early days of meeting Lauren that that's absolutely who he was. He wanted to do everything for <laughs> everyone, and he wasn't doing it ever uh, you know, to try to fit in or to try to make a name for himself. He was just always available, mm -hmm. and that's just a statement of your character, Lauren. Um, I've been, again, blessed to have known you for you know those 10-plus years. And, you know, with that, I don't really think we need to get into details of, you know, time at the DAC. Um, no, you avoided it. The podcast okay. listeners yeah. I, I and the video <laughs> YouTube viewers. Um, Lauren and I are both members of the Detroit Athletic Club. Lauren currently serves on the board of directors mm -hmm. there. Um, we share time on the basketball courts, sometimes on the same team, mm -hmm. sometimes on <laughs> other teams. Mm -hmm. uh, but we also travel uh, or used to travel with the uh, the uh, club's, I guess, tournament team, right? So we've been blessed to uh, share some meals, share some conversations, share some time on the hardwood. And I'll tell one story where Lauren was on the other team and here I am six foot four something and he's not. And as he said earlier, he can shoot. And I've known this, but I also said, there's no way this kid's going to shoot over my like arms stretched up in the air like this. And it was a playoff game and they were down by one with like five seconds to go. And so I said, well, Lauren's going to dribble the ball up, but I'm just going to go to half court and stick my hand up and he's going to shoot over it and it won't even <laughs> hit the backboard. Well, guess what? He took two dribbles, shot it from half court. Eye on the target over my outstretched hand and swish, nothing but net, one at the buzzer. And to this day, I'm uh, excited that he made that shot and shaking my head because I was uh, hoping I was moving on to the next round. But I don't know if you remember that one, Lauren, but that was, uh, that was an awesome finish to an awesome game. No, there have been a lot of great memories on that court. You know, great memories and not so great memories. I, I tore my ACL, meniscus, and Achilles on that court. So I wouldn't wish that on anyone. And, and we've won a couple of championships as well. And I met a lot of great guys. And, you know, one thing about Dewey, I think one of the first years, I believe in 2007, eight or nine, you know, I, I see this guy drive to the hoop and he made a great finish around the hoop. And then all of a sudden I hear, you know, this guy make this airplane noise. I said, Wait, this, oh, I guess they call Dewey the airplanes. He's kind of got this signature move that he does whenever he makes a basket. So I won't dare try to emulate that on air. I know he does that better than anyone, but uh, I thought that was a pretty impressive, a very confident thing for him to do. It kind of kept things light and, you know, Dewey's always been a great guy to be around. Uh, he welcomed us all into his home uh, a year and a half or so ago. I was blown away with all the sports memorabilia that he has in his basement and you know it's very impressive and another great memory is when uh the, the first time uh, the NACAD tournament was brought to Detroit you know you helped me bring Mayor Bing to talk to everyone in the back pavilion and I think that all the other clubs you know New York Athletic Club and 
Fort Worth and Washington and LA and you know they were really impressed to see one of the 50 greatest NBA players who just so happened to be our mayor at the time come and address everyone so it was really cool to kind of uh you know bring and that was during a time where all these cities you know didn't look at Detroit in the most positive light Mm -hmm. so for them to um, you know, come from their hotels and, you know, walk to um, the back pavilion and, and hear from Mayor Bing. We put on one of the nicer pre-basketball uh, tournament events, I believe, that they've seen. So, and I know that you are a big part of uh, helping uh, me do that and make that happen. So a lot of good memories with Dewey and the guys in the basketball court. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can get back out there playing without masks one of these days. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, we hope so, for sure. <laughs> Kyle, anything else that you think we might have missed today? No, I don't think. I'm glad we got a little bit of the DAC, uh, you know, story train out there. That's good. Yeah, yeah. you know, when you get a rebound <laughs> and you want to go to the other end, it's called going coast to coast, right? Yeah. And so when I go coast to coast, I like to go by airplane. <laughs> I'm not going to take a car. I'm not going to take a bus. I'm not even going to take the train. I am going by airplane. And so Dewey likes to go coast to coast. Via the airplane. Yeah, that's uh, right. That's definitely your move. That's, that's it, my man. We know you're coming. Absolutely. <laughs> well, it's a little slower airplane these days, but uh, that's how it goes. Well, anyway, for everyone out there again listening, Lauren, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, this has been amazing. This podcast is all about community, giving back to the community, your philanthropic efforts, your. Uh, Your family's efforts in the community is amazing. You know, many hands make light work. We say that a lot. And so I'm just proud that you were here. Thank you so much for being on episode 40. Can't believe that, Kyle. It's amazing. And with that, goodbye, everyone. And we're just getting started. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You bet. You're the man. The opinions expressed in this program are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. It's only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risks and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional.